Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate directly to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. And on that note, I'd like to welcome two new patrons, Robert Page and Richard D. As well, I want to thank Susan Boyd and an anonymous person who both donated to the podcasts. I do this full-time and I do two podcasts, From John to Justin and Canadian History X. And it's a lot of work with the research, the writing, the recording, everything. So every dollar you give helps keep it all going. And I'll make sure to thank you on the air, throughout social media, and at the end of the month as well. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Following Eric Nielsen's time as leader of the official opposition in 1983, we have to jump ahead to 1990 to get to the next individual who led the official opposition but never became Prime Minister. That person was Herb Gray. He would only serve as leader of the official opposition for a short time, almost one year, but he would have many other roles in government apart from that one during a career that spanned an incredible 40 years in Parliament. His 13 federal subsequent federal election victories set a record for the most consecutive victories in a single riding for any person in Canadian history. Currently, there's only one person who's come close, and there's only one win away, and another person is two wins away, but they still have a ways to go. Gray was born on May 25, 1931 in Windsor, Ontario to Fanny and Harry Gray. His mother worked as a nurse while his father owned a business selling yard goods. His father had arrived in Canada with no money, and his name at the time was Aaron Garari, but an immigration officer thought it sounded like Gray, so his father adopted the name Harry Gray. Herb Gray would attend Victoria School as a child before going on to the Kennedy Collegiate Institute in Windsor. In his 1949 yearbook, he states that his ambition was to become Prime Minister. In 1952, he would receive a Bachelor of Commerce degree from McGill University, where he also worked to improve his French, and then he went on to Osgoode Hall Law School to obtain his Bachelor of Law degree. He would then be called to the bar and became a lawyer in Ontario. In 1960, Gray began to think about a political career, and he started to lay down the groundwork to secure a nomination. That year, he was the chairman of the J.C. Civic Election Committee for the Liberal Party in the area, and he also approached longtime MP Paul Martin Sr. about preparing for a political career. On February 8, 1962, he became the candidate for the Liberal Party in the area in the nomination vote that went down to the wire. Valerie Kasserak, who was not expected to make much of a showing in voting, lost by only 40 votes. Gray would say, quote, At this time, Essex West is in need of a young, vigorous candidate who will devote his full time to the needs of the people. End quote. I would like to take a moment to highlight Kasserak. Her showing was all the more impressive considering some terrible people threatened her with bodily harm over the phone if she did not withdraw from the race in the week leading up to the convention. She had to be escorted to the theatre by police, but she refused to withdraw despite some terrible people not associated with any candidate trying to make her withdraw. The nomination meeting was the biggest convention in the area for the Liberals since the Essex West won in 1935, with 1,178 seats filled and another 150 people standing in the aisles, and another 500 waiting in the streets. 
Most people were sure that Gray would win the nomination vote, with one Windsor man putting down $200 on Gray to win, amounting to $1,700 today. Once confirmed as a Liberal candidate for Essex West, Gray got down to work to win his seat. In 1962, Gray was elected for the first time to Parliament, serving as a Liberal. In that election, he would take 45% of the vote over his progressive Conservative competitor, Norman Spencer, who was the incumbent. Upon his election to Parliament, John Diefenbaker was Prime Minister, and he would continue to serve year after year as Lester B. Pearson, Pierre Trudeau, Joe Clark, John Turner, Brian Mulroney, and Jean Chrétien led the country. On July 23, 1967, Gray would marry his wife Sharon, who was also a lawyer and the couple would adopt two children together, although I saw some sources that said they had two children and then other sources saying they adopted two children, so what I do know is they had two children. And according to some reports, Gray and his future wife would be introduced by none other than John Turner, future Prime Minister of Canada. Turner would say of Gray, quote, So Herb and I remained good friends. He was a great Canadian. We saw eye to eye on most issues. He was a formidable parliamentarian. End quote. On September 24, 1970, Gray would be appointed as the Minister of National Revenue under Pierre Trudeau. One interesting fact about Gray is he was the first Jewish cabinet minister in Canadian history. As the Minister of National Revenue, he would produce a report on foreign ownership that would lead to the Foreign Investment Review Agency, which placed tighter controls on foreign ownership. This agency would mostly be eliminated during the Mulroney era of the 1980s. Seeing the agency dismantled, Gray would say, quote, the more that people own of our country, the more they can tell us what to do. End quote. He would remain in that cabinet post until November 26, 1972. The next day, he would be appointed as the Minister of Consumer and Corporate Affairs, serving in that role for the next two years until he was stripped of the post by Trudeau. His wife Sharon would say a decade later, quote, It hurt him very deeply. I don't know whether it's a hurt that he'll ever really recover from. End quote. While many expected Gray to leave politics at this point, he began to take on a new role as a political maverick in the party, speaking out against the Liberals' anti-inflation policy for failing to stop big business from keeping prices high and for dropping the milk subsidy that helped many low-income Canadians. When the Liberals lost the 1979 election, Trudeau would give Gray the high-profile post of finance critic. His next cabinet post would come in 1980 when he was appointed by Trudeau as the Minister of Industry, Trade and Commerce. Serving in that role for another two years, he also served for a part of that time as the Minister of Regional Industrial Expansion. It was during that time he secured a $200 million federal loan guarantee for Chrysler Canada, saving 10,000 jobs when the corporation was nearly bankrupt. The deal also brought Windsor the new Chrysler product called the Minivan, which would help fuel the economy of the region for the next 30 years. Decades later, Gray would call this accomplishment one of his proudest moments in Parliament. One of his biggest cabinet posts came on September 30, 1982, when he was appointed as the President of the Treasury Board. He would continue in that role for two years until the Liberals lost in the 1984 election, and Gray found himself in the official opposition under leader John Turner. Turner would say of Gray, quote, Herb's great accomplishment is a quality not included in his resume, the esteem in which he is held by members of all political parties. End quote. In 1990, following the 1988 election loss, Turner made his decision to resign as official opposition leader, 
but he would remain as the leader of the Liberal Party until the successor was chosen. At that point, Gray took over as the leader of the official opposition on February 8, 1990. For the next 10 months, through the last four months of Turner's time as leader of the party, and for the next few months awaiting new leader Jean Chrétien's by-election win so he could rejoin Parliament, Gray served as the leader of the House of Commons for the Liberals. On December 10, 1990, Gray was replaced as leader of the official opposition by Chrétien. At that time, Gray was often called Gray Herb and accused of being dull. He would surprise everyone in 1990 at the press gallery dinner as a result when he showed his self-depreciating wit and stated jokingly that he would run for liberal leadership under the campaign slogan of Paint the Town Grey. The press gallery dinner was such a hit that he received an ovation and Mulroney would call it a perfect 10. Well, you've seen him and you've heard him almost daily, but these days are Herb Grey's last days as leader of the opposition. Come Friday, Jean Chrétien will be sworn in, ready to lead the next Liberal attack when the House resumes in the new year. And that'll be quite a contrast from Gray, because Herb, some say, is, well, a little too Gray. He's heard it all before, doesn't seem to mind, because, as Julie Van Dusen explains, there's more to Herb Gray than you might think. That's a good way of getting the creative juices going. His passion for politics is matched only by his fervor for rock and country music. Bruce Springsteen, Prairie Oyster, fine young cannibals. Herb Gray loves them all. Luckily, his driver is on the same wavelength. Could I like a mixture of everything, too? Oh, so there's no fighting? Oh, heavens no. The Gray is now leaving his job as chief of the opposition. The car, the chauffeur, the duties will shift to leader-in-waiting Jean Chrétien, who even today had to bide his time while Herb huddled with reporters. Nicknamed Grey Herb, his squint, his jabbing finger, are now familiar. He may be a little bland, a little pedantic, but he rarely stumbles. Very, very stable. He's, he's sort of Liberal Party's version of the Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah, I've enjoyed very much the challenge of uh, confronting uh, the government. This minister is sleepwalking to economic disaster. Coming up with some uh, lines that help symbolize what uh, we think is uh, wrong with the government. Canadians will never, never accept this from him and his government. How we think things should be done differently. And today, a question period, recognition from all MPs. I also want to thank the government for giving me such good material. Paperwork made easy to the beat of the Kentucky Headhunters. What's ahead for Herb Gray now? Deputy leader, house leader, he says he's not sure. But as he left the office on one of his last chauffeured rides, there's one thing he's looking forward to. Maybe I'll have time to go to some more concerts. Julie Van Dusen, CBC News, Ottawa. After the Liberals returned to power in 1993, Gray was once again back in cabinet, serving as the leader of the government in the House of Commons and Solicitor General until 1997, when the next election was held. Chrétien would say of Gray, quote, I simply cannot imagine functioning without Herb. We count on him so much for so many things, end quote. Gray would say of the time, 30 years into serving in Parliament, quote, It's not a bad beginning, but I look on it as a halfway point in things I want to do. During that time, he would deal with a health scare in 1996 when he was diagnosed with cancer in his esophagus, but thankfully beat the disease through radiation therapy. 
After the Liberals won the 1997 election, Gray was appointed as the Deputy Prime Minister, the highest post he would hold. He was also the first person to hold the position as a full-time cabinet post. During his time as Deputy Prime Minister, he was chosen to lead the National Millennium Celebrations for Canada. Many would joke that Gray was chosen because he was the only member of Parliament who was around the last time the millennium turned. The previous few years have been difficult in terms of Gray's health. In 1999, he had an operation on his prostate for a condition unrelated to any cancer, and in 2001, he went through a valve replacement surgery to deal with a heart condition. He would remain in the position of Deputy Prime Minister until February 2002, when he retired from politics after four decades serving his constituents. The Liberals faced a wave of criticism over the report that Gray was asked to retire by Prime Minister Jean Chrétien, a report by the National Post stated, quote, he did not want to leave public office and had not been consulted in advance by Mr. Chrétien, end quote. Gray was not alone on that day, as Chrétien conducted a complete overhaul of his cabinet, moving 17 MPs, including three others beyond Gray, losing their cabinet post in the shakeup. The Windsor Star would report, quote, After 13 consecutive electoral victories, not to mention remarkable triumphs over cancer and heart disease, the old warhorse was deemed expendable and was summarily dispatched to a pasture that at first glance appears less than lush. A man of honor to the very end, Gray slapped on his happy face and refused to express any bitterness or disappointment over his abrupt departure from cabinet and political life. End quote. In regards to the decision by Chrétien to take him out of cabinet, Gray would state, quote, I feel actually pretty good. I'm grateful and appreciative that I was able to have an opportunity to serve our community and our country as an MP and serve as a cabinet minister for so many years. End quote. The Ottawa Citizen would write of Gray on the day he retired quote, Herb Gray epitomized public service the way it ought to be. Here's the number of scandals associated with his name during those 40 years zero. Here's how many files entrusted to him exploded into political embarrassment zero. And here's how many bitter enemies he made in 40 years. Zero. Some of his colleagues can't list 40 days like that. End quote. During his time in Parliament, Gray was called the Rock of Gibraltar for his stability within the Liberal Party. He was also noted for being an accomplished pianist who loved to listen to the music of the Grateful Dead and Bruce Springsteen, which he stated, quote, was a good way to get the creative juices going. End quote. He was known to speak with parliamentary pages about the newest bands and even attended a Boy George concert in the 1980s. One reporter remembered bumping into Gray, who was carrying a bag from HMV with the newest John Mellencamp album inside. The reporter would state, quote, I was walking through the empty halls of the center block and caught the faint pulse of a bass line. The pounding became steadily louder as I came closer to the office of the Liberal House leader. I poked my head in the door and asked if there was a party going on. No, it's just Herb, said the lone staffer inside, pointing to a closed door. Gray liked to crank up the music sometimes when he was working late, I was informed. End quote. Gray also had a wide range of interests that included collecting editorial cartoons which mocked him, which played into his self-depreciating sense of humor. He was also known to work 18-hour days for weeks on end, and he enjoyed reading crime novels, watching Royal Canadian Air Farce, and visiting Dairy Queen and other fast food restaurants on a regular basis. MP Peter McKillen would state of the habit, quote, he hangs around while he eats his ice cream just to hear what is on the minds of people and then tells us what we should be responding to. Herb cares more about the concerns of real people than he does about the political flavor of the month. End quote. 
He was known for having a sharp wit at times as well. In 1992, when he was complaining about the Mulroney government's decision to spend $5.5 million on a museum of humour in Montreal, he would state, quote, Why is there no money for research, the unemployed, and daycare, but millions of dollars for the Museum of Humour? Is it because the Prime Minister wants a showcase for all of his broken promises? End quote. Outside of Parliament, Gray was a man who was well-liked and had a good sense of humour. Senator Jace Fairbaim would state, quote, there is a certain shyness to Herb, even now, but anyone who takes the trouble to get past that discovers this wonderful sense of humor underneath. End quote. Gray was also known for his ability to deflect questions and diffuse controversies in the House of Commons during question period. He would joke, quote, Some of my approaches have become classics in press discourse. End quote. For his ability to deflect tough questions, he gained the nickname the Gray Fog. James Moore, Conservative Cabinet Minister, would state, quote, I remember Herb Gray calmly swatting away our questions in question period when we were in the opposition. It was a marvel. He caught every fastball we threw with his bare hand and smiled, first to our frustration and then to our rhetorical astonishment and respect. End quote. Preston Manning, a former leader of the official opposition and someone I am covering in November, would state, quote, He was probably the most effective non-answering of question period. Herb was extremely effective in just shutting down a line of inquiry. That is a particular talent that is of use to the government at certain times. End quote. After he retired from Parliament, Gray was appointed the Canadian Chair of the International Joint Commission. This organization dealt with transboundary issues between the United States and Canada relating to water and air rights. Herb Gray was also granted the title of Right Honourable by Governor General Adrian Clarkson. This honour is typically reserved for individuals who hold a certain office, such as Prime Minister. In 2003, he was awarded the Order of Canada, and over his life, he would receive the Canadian Centennial Medal, the Queen Elizabeth II Silver Jubilee Medal, the 125th Anniversary of the Confederation of Canada Medal, Queen Elizabeth II's Golden Jubilee Medal, and Queen Elizabeth II's Diamond Jubilee Medal. He also received honorary degrees from several universities, including the University of Windsor and McGill University. On November 28, 2008, Gray was appointed as the 10th Chancellor of Carleton University. And in speaking of Windsor at the time, he would say of it, quote, It is my home city. I grew up here. I represented it in Parliament. People are very friendly, very supportive. So I have wonderful memories. End quote. Then, on April 21, 2014, Gray would pass away in Ottawa at the age of 82. Flags have once again been lowered on Parliament Hill, this time honouring one of the longest-serving MPs Canada has ever known. Herb Gray had many titles over his years in Ottawa. Deputy Prime Minister, Leader of the Opposition, Minister of too many portfolios to list. But he was also known by a handful of nicknames that some say best described him. Senior Correspondent Terry Malewski explains. Terry. Well, Peter, whether you called him Grey Herb or the Grey Fog, the nicknames tended to stick to Herb Grey, a master of smothering awkward questions in a blanket of verbiage. I think that one has to reject the premise of the Honourable Member's question. For nearly 40 years, Herb Grey was the Liberal Party's Mr. Reliable, managing difficult files and fending off attacks with his trademark fog. Intelligent blurring. He knew how to soften the impact, convert it into something positive, and uh, he was very skillful in, uh, in handling that sort of thing. The voice in our cabinet for 
the Windsor area. And so but one thing Herb Gray never blurred was his focus on his home riding of Windsor. He made it the home of the Chrysler minivan by convincing Pierre Trudeau to save Chrysler from going under. And Windsor elected him 13 times. I've always wanted to set a record not of length of service, but of quality of service. Still, the bland public image changed behind the scenes where he wasn't bland at all. He had an incredible sense of humor, which wasn't obvious to the public, but in private, he was an absolute riot. Well, he didn't riot much in public, but... That's a good way of getting the creative juices going. He did play a lot of rock music. Then Herb and I would usually wander off somewhere, and there would be some kind of weird rock and roll music that Herb loved, and we'd listen to that. He liked the Rolling Stones and, and Bruce Springsteen and Neil Young. Today, Gray's widow, Sharon, said he loved both music and politics. Way too understated to be a star himself, Gray still had his colleagues on their feet when he retired after nearly four decades in Parliament. Being in Parliament, there's nothing that compared to being in Parliament, he would always say. It's just something that people should think is the highest calling. There will not be a state funeral for Herb Gray. His family is not seeking one, but there is plenty of respect across the aisle. The Prime Minister's office called Gray a tremendous parliamentarian, and Industry Minister James Moore tweeted that Gray caught every fastball we threw with his bare hand and smiled. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau would say of Gray, quote, He has left behind an immense legacy unmatched by most in Canadian history, end quote. Prime Minister Stephen Harper would say, quote, Mr. Gray was a great Canadian and a tremendous parliamentarian who served with honour and dignity, end quote. His wife of 46 years, Sharon, would say of him, quote, I think he'd like to be remembered as someone who tried to serve the people of Canada the best he could, in particular the people of Windsor that elected him, and re-elected him 13 times. But above all, he wanted to be remembered as a husband and father and a grandfather because that was so important to him. End quote. Despite his time in Parliament, his 11 cabinet posts, and title of the Right Honourable, Gray was not given a state funeral. The flag at the Peace Tower was put at half-mast to honour Gray, but many did criticise Prime Minister Stephen Harper for not ordering flags on all federal buildings to be put at half-mast, as he did earlier upon the death of former finance minister Jim Flaherty. Throughout his life, Gray was also honoured in several ways. The Windsor-Essex Parkway was renamed the Right Honourable Herb Gray Parkway, and a bronze bust of Gray was also erected in 2006 in his hometown of Windsor. Among all members of Parliament in Canadian history, only Sir Wilfrid Laurier and John Graham Haggart spent more time in the House of Commons than Gray. He served 40 years, compared to 41 years for Haggart and 44 years for Sir Wilfrid Laurier. And technically, he served 39 years in a few months, but I'm rounding up. I'll finish off this episode with a quick fact about his record-setting election victories. Over the course of the 14,397 days he served in the House of Commons and his 13 election victories, Gray never won by less than 2,000 votes over his chief challenger. In 1984, he won by 2,121 votes, when the Progressive Conservatives swept the country to the largest victory in Canadian history, but they couldn't unseat Gray. That was the only year he won by less than 4,800 votes. In 1993, he won by an astounding 23,920 votes, and won by over 8,000 votes an amazing eight times. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the amazing and interesting Herb Gray. 
If you did, please leave a rating and review. Next week, I'm looking at Lucien Bouchard. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, CBC, Wikipedia, City of Windsor, Carleton University, Maclean's, Windsor Star, National Post, and the Ottawa Citizen. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.